Let's go. Welcome back to Benchtown TV. My name is Kyle. I am joined by Kathleen and Luke to discuss episode four of House of the Dragon titled The King of the Narrow Sea. So um, this episode, we get what? We get Damon has returned to King's Landing to do some some shady ass shit as is uh as he is wont to do uh viserys continues to get absolutely pestered by every single person around him this man cannot find any sliver of peace and auto scheming finally comes to a bit of a head so that'll be an interesting conversation at the end of this episode um i guess just a general thought is another episode again where i might not have been the biggest fan after my first watch i think there was just things that were felt so shocking that i was like oh man i do not know how to feel about that and then I digest and watch again, and I'm like, okay, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same exact mindset, except I'm still like that after my second rewatch. I don't know why I can't decide if I really liked this episode or thought it was the weakest of the four. I'm still, I'm still back and forth. And as we talk it out, I'm sure I'll solidify my opinion. But there was some stuff to love, some stuff I felt iffy about. Um, I think a huge part of it is I, this was Rhaenyra's worst episode as a character for me and that's probably where all of my hesitancy is coming from but again we're at the point where we're four episodes in and we're barely and we're barely like talking about this the prophecy stuff even though we do hit it on this episode so it's to me it's full swing game of thrones and i i just love it yeah i mean sunday night was we're all coming off of a of a high of jimmy the binge town jimmy's wedding on saturday night congratulations to jimmy I was dead. Um, I think we were all dead that night. So I was glad to rewatch. Um, but yeah. And another thing is I'm I'm at the where Benchtown started, baby. Hey. I'm feeling good in the basement. But yeah, I, I, to Luke's point, I think this episode had a lot of like non-dialogue sneaking around King's Landing, the the like the castles and shit like that. So like. There was a lot of non-dialogue, but I think the end really sold it for me. Like the auto stuff, the even Rhaenyra bringing up the auto stuff to Viserys. Like, open your fucking eyes, dude. What's going on? Like, I loved that. But I agree. Like, Rhaenyra was really making me question her, mm-hmm. but also respect her a little bit. Like, what a little sneaky liar. I love that girl. But um, we'll get into it. And for my hot take, it has something to do with Rhaenyra. So we'll get into it. Yes, we will be dropping our hot hot takes randomly throughout this episode whenever they pop up, as we did last episode. And then I'm sure we'll end it with official ranking of where episode four comes in at for this season. For sure. I guess the last thing I will say before we can actually dive in is that this was this was punk princess. Mm-hmm. We well, talked about it last episode. Right. This was fucking punk princess. Yes. One last thing for me is that uh, the episode opens with her like grasping at her necklace, which I didn't catch until my second watch, which is some foreshadowing the necklace that Damon gave her. I'd just like to say that for me, all the rats we were seeing in the episode is foreshadowing Otto because he's a fucking rat. Oh, okay. And that's because <laughs> I kept being like, well, I mean, it's not true, but I was like, why are they showing so many rats? <laughs> like they do. You, did you pick up on that? They showed I didn't even notice rats. that. I mean, they I definitely showed- noticed the one that Allison's staring at after she has after she bangs or rather Viserys bangs her because she doesn't do anything. When Rhaenyra is sneaking through the um, like the cast, the castle, I'm like, what am I? Is it yep, the Red Keep? If you want to give the official name. And it's like the, the dragon skeleton head of what's his name? There's like r- just rats. The way they shoot it of her sneaking and like the skeletons in the background. There's just rats right here. Like 
it's I don't know. A, I tell. No, that's it was probably a, what it was. It was symbolism. Joke. Yeah, it was a, it was maybe a dumb the joke for Otto being a rat. The Red Keep is falling into disrepair because Otto is not a good king. Or Otto, I mean, rather, Viserys is not a good king. Yeah, sup? Sup with that? More anyway, who can take say? us in. All right, so our opening scene is actually on Dragonstone. Uh, Rhaenyra is at her ancestral seat as the at as the heir to the Iron Throne, and she is now sitting for suitors and hearing their pleas to take her hand in marriage. She's flanked by Sir Criston Cole on her, I guess that's what her her own left, and then we have Sir Boromir Baratheon on her right, so an ancestor of of the great Bobby B. Mm-hmm. And uh, things get a little out of hand at this. And then, uh, which is the perfect excuse for Rhaenyra to say, I'm done with this bullshit, and then leave. Uh, that's got to be our boy Beric's grandfather, Beric Dondarrion's great-grandfather, maybe. Oh, man. It's so tough. They have kids so young and died old, and I don't I don't know. I mean, this it's is, definitely an ancestor, though. Yeah, and this is the second Dondarrion we've seen this season, right? I, think I don't know it, if we've saw one. We've definitely mentioned one before. Right, and it could have been this one. I just... It always catches my ear because that's such a whack game of the Yeah, name. well, it, it is. This is Kristen Cole's, I guess, old liege lord. Technically, Kristen Cole's father worked for Lord Dundarian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously he couldn't put in a good enough word for the old guy <laughs> to, uh, to for Rhaenyra to agree to take him to wed. Um, he had and no then, chance. No, no, and neither does the next suitor. I mean, poor little kid. I mean, he shows us that he's not a little kid at the end. But this is this is actually yeah. Samuel Blackwood. So they don't actually drop his name but it's in a short story about the how about dance of dragons or the dance of the dragons rather this is samuel blackwood uh it's funny that <laughs> foreman baratheon's like hey like you know this is like a nice house they got a they have the blood of the the first men in them and her is obviously like come on like this kid's a fucking child like i'm not about this mm-hmm. the same way almost that her dad was yeah i don't know but, why he got so much screen time this guy I, it was awesome what it turned into i guess for like a quick moment but he got a lot of screen time and that's what i was going to ask is he has to be somehow relevant in lore and, and is there anything else about him so the blackwood house in general is very relevant in lore um they are one of the only houses that's not in the north that still like has god's woods and like actually keeps to the faith of the old gods so they are like they were OG like Stark loyalists during the actual Game of Thrones storyline. They're like even after the Red Wedding, River Run falls, their castle, their keep of Raven Tree was like the last Stark loyalist capital to fall. Like they were they were still holding out even though all the Starks were dead because they were like fuck the Lannisters. And the Blackwoods, the current Lord Blackwood, actually was a supporter of Rainies at the Great Council. That kind of plays into a little bit. They obviously they're a bigger house. Like um, board member Athene says, they have a big army, so they will come into play later on. Um, something that, Luke, I would like to say to you is that our goat, the legend, Brendan Rivers, a.k.a. Blood Raven, mm-hmm. is a Blackwood. Oh, I should have known that. Yeah, so he is. Uh, his mother is a Blackwood. He was a, a bastard, one of the great bastards of a, of a future Aegon king. And he has the, basically the other guy that's in this scene, the guy who's yelling at the little kid and calling him a cunt and a, and what is, and a craven. Um, he is a Bracken. So House Bracken are like the ancient sworn enemies of House Blackwood. And just because I love Bloodraven, we'll get a little bit further into that. He has an ancient sworn enemy who is a bastard from House Bracken, Agor Rivers, who eventually ends up starting the Golden Company, which we saw in season eight of Game of Thrones. So all wow. of these names, all of these people are all connected because George is just a fucking madman. That explains the the screen time enough. Like just, yes. just that alone. 
But yeah, that's an ancient feud. They're ancient houses. They're kind of big players. They're a little bit of big dogs. Um, and they're very key in the Riverlands. And um, I guess also before we leave this, another lore thing, which I think is going to be good, is that, and because we like to hate on the last uh, season and Game of Thrones in general, Quaith. We remember Quaith from Game of Thrones. She had like that like gold shuttered mask that Janeris runs into an Esso. She kind of gives her some hints of like, don't trust the perfume Seneschal, all these kind of shit. And Quaith is actually, again, she is uh, a half sister to Bloodraven, who is a brat, who is a, a Blackwood. And he was in love with her, but so also was Agor Rivers, who was a Bracken. So that furthered the divide between House Bracken and House Blackwood. They were both in love with their same half sister. Holy um, shit. Yeah, there's just a lot of shit. <laughs> I, I wrote all of it down and was like, am I even, should I even say all this? But it's too fun to me to not to. So I went and did it. All right. So back to House of the Dragon. Rhaenyra now leaves, set sail for King's Landing. They also made it seem like it wasn't that far of a journey. I know we talked about it in like episode one or two. Seemed to back up kind of what I said, if it's really not like it's kind of almost a day or two thing. And um, a odd thing here is I don't get the point of Damon kind of giving them a little cheeky fly by on Caraxes. It just kind of happened and was a thing. I don't know. So I thought it was going to be Lenore. I thought it was like she she fucked up the pageant like she didn't. Well, she didn't fuck up the pageant. She just does, doesn't want to do it. And then it's like, here comes the boy on the dragon. Let's yeah. go. But the cool thing about it, and I know we've said it like George R. R. Martin really wanted the dragons to stand out. Like, you know, it's Damon immediately. You don't have to see mm-hmm. his face like. Yeah, you see that red dragon, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" It's Damon, mm-hmm. this little fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would have been really cool if it was like Lenore. That symbolism would have been cool, but I guess it's kind of reverse in that way. If it's foreshadowing, almost, if you were thinking that, in that Damon is the one that returns, and she's like, "Oh, who's that?" Yikes, dude! This next um, is so good. Yeah, so Damon now has returned to King's Landing. He presents himself in front of Viserys in the throne room in front of, I guess, a bunch of lords and ladies that happen to be around and offers up his new crown that he was just given to Viserys and they embrace and seem to reconcile their relationship a little bit. I hate his new hair. Me it's too. awful. Thank God. I didn't want to be in the minority there. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> no. in, in the preview, it was like, he got a fucking haircut. I was very like not happy about it. And then throughout the episode, I was just thinking about how his long hair was so much better. It was so cool. To me, it's like, I think in the beginning of this episode, obviously, Rhaenyra's like, you matured, like this and that. He's acting like he matured. He wants to kind of play everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the haircut is kind of a way it's like, oh, he got rid of his like long rebel hair. Now he's like, he's like a real prince, like, you know, I don't know. I think I feel like that was like on purpose as well. I can see it. Yeah. Of like it plays into the whole idea of a transformation has been made. And it's yeah. been four years since he's last. I don't know if that's when he kind of got kicked out of King's Landing or if that's the last time he saw Rhaenyra in Dragonstone. Do we know which one? Is it? I don't know. I was thinking about the timeline as I'm watching and I just, I don't know. I hope someone makes like a, a detailed and definitive yeah. timeline of like where we're at because it's just tough. It's, it's hard yeah. with people's ages because they've changed everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some people are older, some people are younger. So it's just who, yeah. who fucking knows. But one of the most badass things is Damon just walking in with Crabfeeder's weapon and saying, put it in the throne and just chuck yeah. it on the hammer. 
And then uh, another thing I just took away from this scene is that politically, nobody is currently stationed at the Stepstones, even though it's under King Viserys now. So I don't know if that's even going to be touched on again. I really don't even remember what the state of the Stepstones are by the time we hit Game of Thrones. So I don't really know the history of what could even happen. And they could just stay free cities or just kind of a crapshoot. But just an interesting thing that the Sea Snake also left the Stepstones. So nobody's there anymore. Yeah, like Kelly, he said, I think he says that they'd staked 2,000 horses to the sand. I just thought it was people. Or, it was corpses. Corpses. corpses oh, okay. Because I, I, thought I, I thought he was saying like a type of horse, like a Corsair or something. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I tried to Google it. I was getting no hits. So I'm like, I'm just going to assume he said horses. <laughs> but uh, corpse, I, corpses I, make I a lot of sense because that's exactly what the crab feeder did to uh, to them. Yeah. So that's kind of right and staring me in front of the face. Um, I just, I love when Viserys has Blackfire the sword. I think mm-hmm. it just, he never really looks totally like a king because he's kind of looks like a little bit of a goofball all the time. Um, but when he has the sword, he at least looks a little bit cooler, which I, I tend to like. And this is actually just the scene in general is a bit of a change from the books. In the books, they're having like a big tournament and a five year anniversary celebration for Allison and Viserys. And they're having like the, the tourneys and everything like we saw in the first episode. And Damon literally lands Caraxes like in the tourney ground and like hops off with the crown and gives it to Viserys and everyone like goes fucking crazy. I've um, seen concept so, art of it. And it looks sweet. Yeah. A little bit more subdued. I'm sure they uh, were trying to save some money somewhere. And it this, worked. This it was scene, fine. Yeah. And this scene made sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So we move on from that to we're having a little bit of a party in the garden. Damon's back. We're kind of celebrating a little bit. Uh, Viserys and Damon seem to be in high spirits together. They're kind of joking about their their childhood and things like that. And then uh, we have a pretty actually we have a really good conversation between Allison and Rhaenyra uh, in this scene as well. Viserys, the moment Damon was like behaving in front of the throne, was so happy. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yes, give me one of those like sweet moments." And then he was just burrowing out with him, like just absolutely dunking on Allison when she's yeah. like, would you like to see the tapestries? And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? He doesn't care about tapestries. It's <laughs> like, shit. Dude, I yeah. loved it, man. Anytime they humanize Damon, it's just the best. And these are the little moments like, oh, you were always mom's favorite. Like those little things. Yeah. You, you can't even like imagine him being a person because of what he just did in the last episode. Like he is such a freaking rogue prince that mm-hmm. it's awesome to hear these tidbits of his past. Because I would love to watch a spinoff show of him as a kid. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're so right, Kathleen. He just absolutely dunks on Allison right here. So uncalled for. It's just absolutely <laughs> uncalled for. And she's just like, yo, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And Rainier actually steps in and is like, you know, I would love to see the tapestries. And yeah. she's like, all right, we'll fucking go do it then, you nerd. Like, <laughs> yeah. Allison <laughs> yeah. uh, gets destroyed this episode, but. At least she has some semblance of the friendship sort of mending between her and Rhaenyra right here after they walk away from Damon and Viserys. It doesn't seem like Rhaenyra is as hostile. I mean, it's been years, so you got time to cool down. But at least they're not catty and like hating on each other like they initially were. I mean, I actually, spoiler alert, the MVP of the episode for me is actually Alicent. Mm -hmm. I was just like, she was riding for her girl and even for Viserys. And this is I've been saying for episodes, I don't know what Allison is thinking. I think this is the first episode we can finally find out that 
she doesn't love Viserys. She's doing it as a duty and like for the round, whatever it is. She doesn't like she's jealous of Rhaenyra that she gets to yep. choose her love. Rhaenyra's like this fucking blows. And she's like, <sighs> yeah, like it's and so also, romantic. Yeah, she had her baby. So she has the second baby. She's not pregnant anymore as she was mm-hmm. last episode. But she's obviously just losing herself with Viserys. She says like, I'd like to think I'm still the Lady Allison, but everyone just looks at me like I'm the queen and I just mm-hmm. don't even know anymore. I'm like, damn, I, I think I thought she had a really good episode. This episode, we'll get more into it when we get into those scenes. And but it makes a lot of sense in hindsight, thinking back to everything she's done in the first three episodes, just with that in mind, that she has truly not had ske- she's not been scheming. Like she's just been doing this because she's doing what she's always been told. And it I had a total misread on her after the first couple episodes. So I'm happy that it didn't go the way where she became like completely conniving. Uh, so, yeah, like this was very insightful for Allison's character. Yeah, she did a lot of very solid. Emily Carey, this is did a, a lot of very solid facial acting, too. I mean, we've talked about it before that Allison's kind of. All we know about her is the body language that she gives us, really. She's always the dutiful daughter, the dutiful friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is kind of how she reacts to things. And her face when Rhaenyra is like like getting stuck in a castle and pumping out air sounds like absolutely miserable. And then Allison's yeah. like, hmm, <laughs> yeah, that does sound miserable because <laughs> that's yeah. literally her life right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that. She's uh, young. Yeah, that's that's just fucking awful. And now we move to. And on a second watch, an equally, maybe not awful, but creepy, I guess you could say, discussion a little bit here with Damon and Rhaenyra. I'm a sucker for when they speak High Valyrian together. So this, I mean, this scene kind of starts off with a bang. Rhaenyra knows that Damon's not just this reformed, nice guy coming here with a clean haircut to like be the dutiful prince. She asks him kind of what's up. And they actually, they end up having a really good conversation just about like where Rhaenyra's at with her things. She loves to complain. And Damon's the only one I feel like that doesn't just tell her that like she should be grateful for where she's at. He kind of gives her almost a solution. I would have bet my life that they still weren't going to hook up. Like bet my life. I was like, no, there's no shot. And again, part of my hot take, I'll save it. But I was like, there's just no way they did not build this up enough. And if they were, I thought it was going to be more of Damon forcing it on her. I don't know. I, on second watch, I was just sitting there mad. I was like, fuck. I mean, he, 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 what he touches the necklace here. Actually, when, when Allison and Rhaenyra walk away or when Rhaenyra walks away in the last scene, Damon does kind of like yes. his, uh, his gaze stays on her as she walks away. And it's like, you know, uh, he yeah. sets it to her here. Like, I'm not the only one that mature has matured. Like you've mm-hmm. obviously grown up as well, Rhaenyra. So it does seem a little bit like hot and heavy in this episode where it wasn't maybe as much in the, and the other ones, but I mean, technically, I mean, you did say episode one when he gives her the necklace that you got the heebie-jeebies of like, you better not go after this girl. So yeah, put it on the board right now of what is, is this like on the same level or significantly worse or less worse than Jamie Cersei and, and Jamie. Cersei? I think is, it's, it's gotta be I less think worse, right? Less worse. Yeah. It's definitely less worse. It's, it's in, in our world, it's both fucking foul. Yeah. It's foul, but in this world where it's a Targaryen, like Allison literally says, you and your fucking queer ass Targaryen mm-hmm, traditions. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's normal for them to do that. So within this world, you almost have to think about it as if you're in this world. 
I don't know. Because but the Lannisters like, were never like that. So that makes it even doubly worse as just like coming twins and, and they're like, twins. That's true. You're right. Yeah. It's not even comparable. I guess it is comparable because it's incest. But <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, totally comparable. It's not <laughs> on the same tier of of disgustingness. I guess. Yeah, I don't think I could differentiate between between the two of them. But I guess if you yeah, you want to take it in universe, then it's it's technically that is what I was taking. Yeah, class. I mean, according to the religion of the land, it's it's kind of okay. <laughs> I mean, they even get at, the, at this episode, like, Viserys later on when he finds out about it is just, like, they're only pissed because, like, she's no longer a virgin. Like, it's yeah. not the fact that she fucked her uncle. It's the fact that she's not a virgin anymore. Like, yeah. they don't even – doesn't even get into it that they're related. It's just, like, dude, how could you do this? Like, you're supposed to be a virgin. And that's also the reason he, when in last episode Viserys gets told by Otto, maybe you just marry Rhaenyra to baby Aegon. Aegon, he wasn't – mad that it was the nephew he was mad that or it was the brother half brother the half brother it was mad that it was the age difference right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so that's just so fucking weird so the targaryens just to defend my comment of saying one's worse than the other one they're both absolutely (laughs) disgusting the targaryens grow up thinking that that's okay the lannisters were not taught that that was okay they just like and and the lannisters they were like fucking as kids right like they were literally like young young yes. like fucking like that is like i don't it's, it's, they, jamie and cersei are just fucked up <laughs> but i'll say when i was watching damon and rhaenyra i was i skipped through it in the second watch i was like no 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 yeah honestly i did that a little bit in the first watch because i knew it was coming and i was just like oh man and in the second watch i was like okay i have a little bit of a duty to the yeah. podcast to uh to analyze this incest so you welcome people <laughs> <laughs> and just to get Damon's perspective on his current marriage, he has to name drop the bronze bitch again, which is fun. Yep. Yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just has a, a great line here. I mean, Rainier just continues, obviously, to complain, like I said. And she says to him, like, I won't subject myself to the same fate as my mother. She refuses. And he says, what happened to your mother was a tragedy. But in this tragic world, you cannot live your life in fear or you will forsake the best parts of it. And that's just kind of Damon summed up completely. I mean, there's a perspective that you can have on him that it sucks that he's the second brother. I mean, he has no titles. He has no, I mean, he was the heir for a little bit, but it was never actually going to happen. So everything in this world, like Corliss said to him at the end of episode three, I believe it was, or two, that yeah, episode two, that like they have to take everything in this world. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way that Damon lives. And I just think this is a good quote that kind of sums him up. Yeah. And now we can move into a, Small council meeting. Best it's actually been the, castle. the least amount of small council meetings that we've had in an episode. Um, but we get Tylan Lannister, who is our master of ships who replaced Corliss uh, previously, says that Corliss is being a fucking dick in the step zones and he's just another crab feeder. I took that as he's just kind of making people pay upon a, a ton of money. And it's like not even that good of a thing for the, the realm at this point that the crab feeder doesn't have it. And then Otto kind of, again, they're just kind of nailing Corliss in this whole meeting. Otto says that Corliss is trying to wed uh, Lena to the Sea Lord of Bravos. So if everyone, anyone who forgot what Bravos is, where Bravos is, Bravos is where Arya went in Game of Thrones to train to be a faceless man. So mm-hmm. it's the free cities, right? One of yes, one of the free cities. Yeah. Could you imagine so. if we got a faceless man in this series? That'd be so sweet. They're like, let's tie up that storyline three hundred years prior. Three hundred years prior. <laughs> That would be ridiculous. Um, (laughs) And I just, I I had a, I wasn't very certain 
on what Otto meant when he says, like, if he does that, we have to get an alliance of our own or a marriage pact of our own. I don't know if he meant like a marriage pact to one of the free cities or a marriage pact to House Valyrian. Like, they need to put something forth for Lena instead of the Sea Lord of Bravos, or they need to make their own move with the free city. Because that's the second one is what I took it as that they yeah, need to then sure. make an alliance with them to solidify that Corlys and the free cities could never rival the iron throne but instead they would be a alliance by marriage and law right like cause if they marry someone in bravos that's just how i took it i didn't yeah, know i mean i guess way. we'll we'll see if it, if it ends up playing out um because it's Otto, not obviously the table, right like they could still corliss could still marry his daughter to this lord while marrying his son to rhaenyra oh yeah, yeah totally yeah um yeah i mean i guess that's just something that we'll have to watch play out mm-hmm Small little thing here too, a change for Rhaenyra is that she has a seat now. And she has a little stone ball thing. Which is cool. She's no longer carrying cups and pouring wine for people. She's actually a part of the discussions. Love that. That's what I was wanting for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good development. And it's nice. It's just what I feel like great TV shows do. And that it's like it was so easy for them to set that up. And then if you notice it, it actually means a ton of you know, you you're realizing that there's development there without even saying a world, a word rather. So that's just good to see. Quick scene is that we already mentioned that Allison has had a baby. It's it's a daughter. I guess that's the only maybe semi-important thing we learn here. And as Allison is worrying about her daughter, crying and wailing throughout the Red Keep, Rhaenyra just, you know, casually walks to bed in her own chambers, uh, right past her hunk of a guard at the door. <laughs> and uh, she is then greeted by a suspicious package that has a disguise and a map, which leads her to a secret passageway. Yeah, I knew right away that it was him because did you guys know too? You think yeah. that right away? I yeah. felt it coming, yeah. Yeah, it was, I was just awesome to get a secret passageway thing in the Red Keep. I mean, it's a big thing that they are there. We saw a little bit of it in Game of Thrones, but not like a whole ton. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it when Tyrion kills Tywin and ends up escaping. But like they're there, so it's just kind of cool that they're they're using it like this. I read something that was like, Damon knowing the all the secret passages is probably because he he was the second son. So he grew up just looking for them all and wreaking havoc and being a little sneak and knowing all the secret passages. And I'm like, I love that little tidbit. I, I assume that's true. You know, like he, he didn't have anything to do but be a little a little rebel when he was a kid. <laughs> so he knows all the secret passageways and mm-hmm. sick. That definitely does sound like him. Yeah. Um, so now we realize we come upon a hooded daemon in this fucking haircut that I will never get over. And him and Rhaenyra head into the streets of King's Landing. So this, I feel like, was something we didn't get a ton of in Game of Thrones. Um, we have people that are in the streets of King's Landing, but we don't really get to experience it like this. I mean, it's just people banging, drinking. They're doing magic. They're fucking playing music. They're fighting. They're killing each other. Um, and Rhaenyra is just absolutely loving it. Well, I think it's... One of the Good. things that actually I drew a parallel to Game of Thrones with, and it's it's even more of a parallel when you consider Arya Stark got mistaken as a boy all the time. Uh, in the season one, when Arya's walking around King's Landing after escaping in, in, into, um, like when she watches Ned die in episode nine. Yeah. that's That was like the closest thing we got to it, because but that was also an event versus she's seeing the daily nightlife. Yeah, yeah. The nightlife was definitely an interesting aspect. Mm-hmm. I like just she just she just takes a shot. I mean, some old woman asks if she wants to know how she dies. I just would you guys say yes? I don't know. No. Sure. From that lady? 
goes, sure. That way it yeah. scary. No, I'm a bit of a of a scaredy cat, so I'd probably say no. No shot. Um, yeah. So obviously we have a lot of scenes coming up that are Rhaenyra and Damon kind of cavorting throughout King's Landing. And there are just small scenes of Allison's. You get a little glimpse of what Allison's up to while this is going on. Um, I'll just mention them, I guess, and then we can kind of discuss what it might mean at the end. Um, so one of them here says Allison bathes Viserys. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it doesn't look fun at all. Obviously, now we know that she's not really, really super in love with him. So I'm sure this is just like an absolute fucking chore for her. I mean, she's a good wife. She's just protecting his dignity. Like, there's all those people watching him be in a fucking tub. It soars all over him. And she's like, okay, get out. I'll do it. Yeah. Just go. Because it's yeah. obviously for him, he's cowering. He's in a smaller position in this tub, like naked. That's like not a cool, cool spot to be in. She's it also wife. looked like a tiny tub. I felt like he would be like bent up in there. I feel like he couldn't like relax in that thing. Like he's the king. It should be like literally the size of a room. Yeah, it should be like the fucking uh, the fucking pools in the Moaning Myrtle bathroom in Harry Potter. Yeah, or like <laughs> the Spartacus bathhouses. Yeah, or that. Like yeah. that would be my bathroom. I wouldn't have this little fucking copper tub that I'm just sitting in in front of a fireplace. Like this guy rules the Seven Kingdoms. What the fuck? <laughs> six. I guess six technically. His title says seven because they were fucking assholes and have never dropped the it down to six. But uh, <laughs> but it's technically six. Yeah. Uh, there's such motherfuckers. Okay. Um. So now we get, I mean, another callback to Game of Thrones. We get a play. This yep. one is directly kind of, I guess, related to the characters that are watching it. Arya watches the whole bullshit kind of with um, with Bobby B. Actually, does Ned die in that play? Ned, I think Ned dies Ned, too. Yeah, okay, dies. never mind. Then I, I take that back. But uh, basically, they're just, they're pretty much making fun of Rhaenyra and the whole succession thing where it's so obvious that Aegon is supposed to be the heir and should be the heir and Rhaenyra is just not because she's a woman. Rhaenyra's stubborn. Even after watching it, she's like, there are no consequence to me. He's like, well, it is a consequence if you plan to rule them one day. Mm-hmm. Come on. That was new information to me because I did not think she was going to react that way. Like, I thought I like she, how she like care about the people's opinion of her. Yeah. Yeah. I like how she playfully boos. She's yeah. Like, Boo. yeah. <laughs> no one else joins in. It's just like, I thought that that to me was like shocking. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, just one line that I, I really like is just to which air might that chair bear? <laughs> I thought that guy was uh, was spitting a little gas with that one. <laughs> um, and I mean, speaking of surprising from Rainier, I don't under I mean, I guess because she's just out doing shit, but she just fucking steals that food and runs away because <laughs> Damon's like, uh, we'll pay for it. And then she just dips, which was. Just, yeah. At this point, I still wasn't think they wasn't thinking they were going to hook up. I'm like, he's really no. just bringing her around. I I really did was just not buying it. I wasn't buying it. Fuck. Fair, fair. Um, so this chase ensues. The most important part of the little chase scene is that she runs into a character we know. We've met Sir Harwin Strong before. He was the the guy who kind of is like, damn, look at this chick when she comes back with the boar. Mm-hmm. In episode, fuck, it's so hard now these days. Two, three. I guess, three, three. His last episode. Yeah. The thing for me with this is that like he obviously knows that Rhaenyra and Damon were together then, obviously. Yeah. So I wonder if that will ever come back and, and come into play. I mean, his dad's literally master of laws, so he calls her princess and then is like, All right, get out of here, boy. It's like who are you saying that for? I think he's saying that to Damon in a like and her in like a like I didn't see anything. You know, when someone tells you yes. like don't tell anyone that, you say like tell them what? Tell what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At the same time, yes, that's how that's what it was. But I don't think this is 
relevant anymore because the information's already out there. So who cares? It's not like it's not like people are. It's not like even they were denying that they were physically together. Yeah, so I, I don't know yeah. if it could come up again. True. Fair enough. We just flash very quickly to Allison, who gets unfortunately summoned to Viserys's bed, uh, and she's like, "It's kind of late," <laughs> and the servant's like, "Yeah, it is." Get your ass up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like he's the king, bitch. You know this. She's like, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point, Rhaenyra is out drinking, watching plays, and Allison is at home tending to her aging, sore, covered husband. <laughs> Disgusting. I have no idea where this plot point is going and why they yeah. keep throwing it in her face. But Kyle aside, because you can't comment on it. Like Kathleen, do we think he's going to die from the throne? Because that seems crazy to me at this point. When there's so much conflict with Otto that I feel like it has to involve him or even Damon in some twisted way. I, I just don't know why we're still putting so much attention on him getting cut by the throne and not healing properly because like I can't see how this plays out in any way. That's fun. I could see Otto leaking that he's that that's happening now that he's on the outs and is um, collecting unemployment. He might just start <laughs> like selling this king's secrets to uh, okay. to Missaria, maybe <laughs> even though she's the one selling secrets to him. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I think your your theory is still strong that he's going to cause Viserys' death somehow. And maybe he just starts dropping those facts to people. So they start doubting him as mm-hmm. a king and whatever. But I really just think it is symbolism of that. He's not that great of a king. It's also like, again, his dignity. He's just like this old feeble man banging her while she's just like staring at the ceiling. He feels so yeah. bad. And then when she looks, he like looks at her and she's like, smiles for one second you see the lights go out of her eyes when she he turns Mm -hmm. away like cross-cutting to damon and uh rainier hooking up like yeah that's what it goes from like that uncomfortable to like a whole almost new level of uncomfortable Mm -hmm. when we get to the pleasure house and it it's just i don't even know if i mean i really don't need to describe it i guess damon takes off rainier's hat before they walk in and I, i so question you guys think that so they didn't actually bang right they didn't bang okay cool he took off the hat do you think he took off the hat so everyone in there knew it was those two because that's what i was thinking that's what i'm thinking as well but why do you think he stopped do you think he stopped because he actually cares for her or do you think he stopped because he did what he needed to do or like what like he got the point across like what do you think I have and I guess zero Kyle fucking can't clue, dude. I have I zero clue okay, cool. about what the hell is going on here. I it clearly has to be connected to see this contradicts there being an attention behind him stopping outside of like a physical thing because is was the was the scene in episode one when he's banging Miss Arya and he like stops. If that was connected to this, then it had zero to do with like his intentions, and it was more. I couldn't get it up or something like that. Right. That's another thing. Couldn't he not get it up? Because that Miss Aria thing in hindsight still doesn't really make sense unless that is also connected to the same reason why he stopped here. But if it was purely just to make her interested and have this story so he could spin it in Viserys's ear and ask for her hand in, in marriage, like I don't understand why he didn't just finish as weird as that sounds like keep going yeah what's what's the point i don't know i really i my second rewatch i just didn't know how to take notes on this i have no idea what the hell was going on so in the behind the scenes they pretty much explain everything that they were thinking it's 
somewhat twofold. So he's definitely doing this with the intention that it gets out is what it essentially that's the way I took it. He mm-hmm. takes the hat off. I mean, obviously they're not hiding. They're out in the open in front of all of these people. There's a lot of fucking people in there. Um, but they said that that essentially the way that Damon is, is that he always wants to be in control of everything. And his mood switches. If you do watch the scene, like exactly what they're doing at every second in that she like gets into it. And like he turned when he turns her around and like he's into it. And then she turns herself back around and is trying to kiss him. And he's like, not about it. Sure. They they said in the behind the scenes, it's because like she is not just like being dominated by him, you know, and that that he's not like into it in that way anymore. Wow. Like he wants to have all of that power. And also with that will play into the fact that he again, they said that he couldn't get it up again. And that's kind of I mean, he does the same kind of reaction to it where he slams the wall and and like that. And it, was that in that the six minute video or the 23 minute video? Because there was like two behind the scenes. Neither of them load would load for me. And then today I watched like half of the 23 minute one. And then again, it cut out HBO Max. You fucker. Yeah. HBO Max sucks. But I am. It was the six minute one because I don't think I watched the 23 minute one. Yeah. I mean, that's just that that was, I guess, the intention they were getting across. I think it's hard to kind of like convey that subtle of a message in a scene that's so shocking to people like this. Like, I don't think people are thinking about like the order of events and exactly like when she kind of like will grab him and is like into it. Cause she, as Viserys says later, like they both have the blood of the dragon. Like Rhaenyra's just not going to get dominated by someone. And then he loses interest because of that. I mean, you're th- watching this thinking like, Holy fuck. That's his niece. That's her uncle. Like, this is crazy. Like your, your brain can't like, you know, compute yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little bit of a swing and a miss. I mean, the intent was there. Can I do no, my I hot mean, take? When it's, ex- when it's explained like that, I think it makes sense. Totally, totally. Um, my hot take is that I don't think they did a good enough job building up that Rhaenyra would be into that. I don't think they show her in a sexual way. And I know she's younger. This is, again, another time jump. So she's older and she's not interested. The only hint of interest I've ever seen in her is with Alicent. She doesn't even think about any other guy. And of course, she like loves her uncle. You could see it. I just like don't buy that she would have been immediately into it like that. Like she walked in to the brothel, I guess it's like she was like, whoa, this is sick. Like, you know what I mean? Like she was like, look at all these naked people just doing whatever the fuck they want. But I still don't buy that she wouldn't at least have some hesitation with him trying to hook well, up you, with her. You said no interest in any guys. But what about Kristen Cole at the boar stuff? Was that? Not- yeah. And she's was definitely okay. interested in Kristen Cole. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, in episode yeah, one at right, the tourney, right. like she's into him. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I guess I guess I did look over that um yeah. but even even in with the Kristen cole of it all i was like wow she's really forcing this on him like i wasn't buying it as like wow this is like so sweet and consensual i was more like she like really forced that on him so yeah, i guess that's I like mean, a two-parter hot hot take the the thing i will say i guess i had mentioned that it was kind of twofold the the damon stuff here and i think it's also in the sense that he is, I mean, the quote that he has is that this is where people come to take what they want. I think he's also trying to like bring that side out of her mm-hmm. a little bit. Cause I mean, like you said, I mean, she right after this immediately goes and is like, yeah, 
she, we know she wants Kristen Cole and she, now she just goes and takes him. Boned up. She yeah, boned the fuck Because, up. I mean, Damon, in a way, kind of breaks her out of, I mean, I wouldn't say she was ever really in a shell, but she has been moping, completely yeah. moping of like, I'm so helpless in my life. Like, everyone makes me do everything. I don't want to do this. And then she gets into this situation where she has a little bit of power unbeknownst to Damon because Damon assumes he's completely in control. And I mean, I don't, I don't think it's crazy that the way that they've shown Rhaenyra's personality, that she wouldn't like be easily kind of like, I guess, shown this side of life and kind of take to it very easily. Uh, yeah, I agree with Kyle. Um, I think it was sort of believable. And, and if you think back to a lot of the scenes that they have, even like even in episode two, which I still might think is the best scene of the series so far, when she goes to Dragonstone and she confronts Damon, like they're playful and she's smiling. Not to say that she's like attracted to her uncle, like in every scene that they're together, but I agree that it was more about just taking what you want and pushing her to the point where she wasn't just punk princess and she was get shit done princess. <laughs> I feel like she's starting to evolve in that way. And I think that's what Damon wants. Because if Damon can get her on board to want in even the tiniest part of her to to make that Damon and her marriage thing happen, I'm sure it's done deal because Damon's a force. And if Rhaenyra wants what she wants and she's like this, I think it'll just happen. So that could be part of his plan to kind of get her to want him a little bit. I don't really know. Again, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the most confused about this whole. Job, so. <laughs> I think, yeah, Damon is certainly playing chess here. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I mean, I think that lends to Luke when you had said, I think, episode one or two of like, interested to see how smart Damon ends up being and how calculating ends up being. I think that, I mean, there's more to this than him just wanting to bang his knees. I mean, that's For definitely sure. part of it. I mean, unfortunately, um, in a way, and like Kathleen, you said earlier that the Targaryens don't really grow up with, or they do rather grow up with the idea that this isn't that crazy of a thing to yeah. do, which mm -hmm. is just insane to us. And I just think it's, it's almost impossible for them to shoot a fucking incest scene and us like get it and be like yeah yeah so, uh, <laughs> you know yeah. like it's just like i was watching i'm like i knew it was coming because this is like a thing in the books a little bit and we can talk i i want to talk more about that a little bit but it's still even me like knowing it's coming it's like i don't really want to fucking watch this like i get it it brings the story along and now we have so many plot points springing out of it but it doesn't make it really fun to watch at all i will also say that um this was directed by a woman, which is cool. Like something about I read a stat that was like Game of Thrones, all what is it? 70 some episodes, only like four were, were directed by a woman, which is crazy. And I think House of the Dragon already has that many within the season or something like that, which is really cool. I was reading up on how like the, these sex scenes were like way more like less gratuitous and more like, especially with Kristen and Sir Kristen Cole and um, Rhaenyra was like way more sweet and sex that was like good for both of them and things like that. It wasn't just yeah. so like when back in Game of Thrones days when they were just morphing sex scenes into like really either violent when it didn't need to be violent, violent when it wasn't violent in the books and things like that. So um, shout out to women directors. Love that. Love yeah. that. She is actually, she'll direct uh, episode the next episode, episode five, and she has the penultimate in episode nine. Sick, which some shit probably goes down if we know yeah, anything so about episode see. nines. Yeah. And I mean, that's the last episode that George saw himself. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be equal after that, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Now write the damn book. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Damon and Rhaenyra doing this, so 
I've mentioned before that Fire and Blood, the book, is a collection. It's one man in universe writing this book based off of other people's writings. Um, so it's multiple people's perspectives kind of being drawn together to try to create a coherent narrative of the truth. So basically there's like three different stories that happen in the book. And the guy's like, we don't really know which one's true. All we really know is that something happened and Viserys sent Damon away. One of them is that they did hook up and they banged and Viserys was pissed. So Viserys sends him away. One of them is just that there's no detail. It's just that he got sent away. And then the third is Mushroom, who I've mentioned before as the degenerate dwarf who likes to uh, embellish the tales. And Mushrooms is that they never banged, but Damon essentially like knows that she's into Kristen Cole and that she he doesn't see her that way. He Kristen Cole will always see her as a little girl because she's his princess that he has to protect. So Damon spends like a year pretty much teaching her how to like blow dudes and like make out. And like shit like that. And like that's whole Mushroom's whole story is involved. Um, so they honestly kind of took all of them together a little bit. Only because yeah. right after this, she goes right to Kristen Cole and kind of jumps right on his cock. Yeah. So like I just thought it was interesting that they really did morph all three of the stories from the book that are presented as potential truths and made it into one kind of cohesive narrative. Because I mean, like I said, I knew that this was coming in a way, but I didn't realize like Damon was going to like literally take her pants off and like flip her around. And I was like, holy shit, like this is fucking nuts. This was not in the book. So um, yeah. just I just think, think that the writers did a really good job at a very touchy narrative subject, if you will. And yeah, like the, this just flows right into the Kristen Cole thing. And we have touched a lot about touched on a lot about this but kathleen you mentioned something earlier and i i think i agree did you say that you didn't think kristen cole was that into this because i yeah i don't understand how he wasn't but i agree like i feel like he was not about it at all so, i think by the end like who doesn't want to bang you know what i mean like of course he like yeah. he was like i mean yeah i think this he's he like respects his job and his duty and he was like don't make me do this like if you have to really like beg and force it that much i would say it's non-consensual even if at the end he's like okay like it's coercion <laughs> even later when she's like come here like come here and he's like the queen has summoned you yeah, he's so like, awkward so awkward and i don't buy it as like he's shy and was into it even though she was like a little girl being like the thing is for him is that is it worth his life because if it gets out like he's dead he's gonna die like he'll immediately get executed like this is like the number one thing almost you can't do as the king's guard i guess besides maybe fuck the queen that's probably number one and then number two is probably gonna end up being fucking the princess so i think that there's like there is a level of attraction there it's just like if you're going to die, like that's what's kind of going on in his head. Like Kathleen said, he loves his job. And also I assume he loves his life and his head being attached to his neck. So I would agree that, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of, of both involved of mm -hmm. there's some coercion. There's obviously some type of resistance from him, but I guess I took it more as like in like the romantic sense of okay. like, this like un, like you know they star cross lovers like they can't but they want to and he has this duty bound he's the white knight and he's trying to to be and, and stay true to his oaths and she is obviously making that very difficult for him i think he was also like 
Rhaenyra, it took me 45 minutes to put this armor on. <laughs> yeah. it, to, to bang, you have to wait another 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she took it, it off it fairly on. quickly. <laughs> she definitely took it off fairly quickly. And I just, one thing I will say, I just think they did a great job. And I guess his name is Fabian Frankel is who plays Kristen Cole. And she takes off the white cloak. And this is again of like more symbolism of him like really caring about his job and the oath that he swore. And that like she was dumping all the armor on the ground and he takes that out of her hands and like puts it on the chair. Cause he's like, that's like the symbol. Like, like your armor is one thing, but like the white coat, like only, you know, Kingsguards wear that white cloak. So it was interesting that he took that and like put it on the chair and like kind of he lingers on it with his hand and he's like, damn, I'm really about to do this right now. <laughs> like, this is crazy. <laughs> so that's kind of, I don't know. I I guess my hot take is I fucking love this scene. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I mean, I didn't, take. yeah, I didn't, I didn't guess go until I went online and looked at people like questioning whether this was like borderline rape. Yeah. For me to, I guess, so I guess now, yeah, that it's a hot take. I don't know. I personally, I really loved it. There's definitely like in the books, there's like rumors that this might have happened and, and like maybe it creates some strife afterwards. Who can say? But I just thought it was cool that they actually fucking did this and she fucking rode the coal train because like <laughs> reading the book, sure I was did. like, I want them to bang. Like reading, I obviously doesn't go into a ton of detail, but I'm like, this is classic. Like the fucking Kingsguard night and she's the princess and they love each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, this also does happen in game of Thrones. There doesn't happen in the show because they've ruined the Dorne plot. But uh, one of the Kingsguard goes to Dorne with Marcella and falls in love with the Dornish princess. And he basically has the same dilemma of he's like touching his cloak and it's like, fuck, like you're so hot, but I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he ends up dying because he did it. Idiot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get executed. He just fucking dies. <laughs> but I mean, so it's just, it's, it's something that I guess George is into as well because he's done it multiple times. Yeah. And uh, I guess fun, very quick lore thing, because I know we're talking about this a lot, is that there is actually a member of the King's Guard called like, fuck it's like it's l the l so it's like lonnie the lustrious or something like that it's definitely not that but it's like that and he was a kingsguard knight who had three separate families he had three wives and a bunch of kids and then he got found out and was like ah you got me <laughs> <laughs> and then they killed him <laughs> fucking love that yeah he was just like shit. i don't know how he had three families he's not even supposed to have sex he had three families <laughs> These books are crazy. <laughs> so, so that the amount is amount of detail. Yeah. So, Kristen, if you're listening, it could be a lot worse, brother. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. We got a, the um, next scene that we get here was a nothing <laughs> scene for me, to be honest. The, Damon the, and Missaria. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I actually liked it. I because it I like that Missaria was like, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, like I'm not a common whore anymore or not so common whore. I'm doing other things. The little boy who had seen Damon and Rhaenyra came and gave the money to Missaria. Obviously, I we may have skipped the little boy going to Otto and ratting on him. I'm not sure if that came up yet. But so Missaria employs that little boy, right? Like she's yes. part of the little like birdies, which I love. I thought mm -hmm. that was cool. And the yeah. timing of it was very purposeful in that he comes to her right as she says, like, I've left that life behind. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not like, yeah, like, I'm not a common whore anymore. I left the life behind. Like, I realized yeah. that the life of skin wasn't going to get me like anywhere, whatever she ends up actually saying. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it might be a little bit embellished, but I we do learn a lot. I'm very interested to see where that goes because now we do know that Otto is no longer the hand. So then what role will Masaria play? Will she just, I mean, jump ship? Because, I mean, does she really have any, I doubt she has any actual loyalty to Otto. I'm sure she he just fucking keeps the lights on with the coin. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did call her a whore to her face like four times in episode two. So <laughs> I don't think she actually you know, is down with him that way. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> this next scene is I am, I think it's fairly obvious that I'm slightly anti auto throughout these episodes, but I feel for my boy in this scene, particularly <laughs> because I cannot imagine having to tell Viserys this news. Yeah. They were coupling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how Viserys is like, and say it, say it. And I was like, dude, come on. You know what I'm talking about. I thought this was sick of Viserys, though. But his like, you think yourself a cunning man, like your designs are obvious. I, that was a whoever wrote that line was like patting himself on the back. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's poetry, baby. Because like, I was like, both so, times I watched. But I'm glad Viserys didn't immediately take Otto's side and was like, no, fuck you. Like, fuck off. No, no, no. No, like I like that. I what didn't just believe Otto right off the bat, but making him say it yeah. slowly, man. I have so a lot fun. to say about the Otto stuff, but I want to wait until the next Otto scene. But okay. uh, I totally think that Viserys' initial reaction was very reasonable. I'm just a little hesitant to sign off on his decisions he makes based off this information. And I'll bring that up again in next in the next scene. But I wanted to say that I could not take my freaking eyes off of how cool the sculpture of Valyria is yes. like it's just the entire time I'm looking at this thing. Like if I ever hit it big and get a mansion, like I'm freaking having a room with the Valyrian <laughs> sculpture like that. It was so fucking cool. It really does just absolutely draw your eye to it. Mm-hmm. And you know what else does is fucking Patty Constantine. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that wrong, but him as Viserys is just, he's great, man. The little like now speak it to me plainly, like the way he like, like uses his hands and he's like, I'll take their eyes. <laughs> he's like really into it, dude. I just really love watching him. And, I don't have anything else for this scene. Yeah. I guess yeah. this just also feels like it confirms that Otto and Missari have had a fairly long working relationship at this point. Um, Cause he does say like this source has yet to lead me astray. We do know eventually that that's Missaria. So again, just questioning of will that ever end up coming to a head? Will that pop up in any way? I guess we it's shall actually see. really interesting that Damon's whore is his good mole where he fucking hates Damon. So it's like he, he could be getting all this intel all this time from his girl. And Damon doesn't even know that Missaria is just like feeding him shit behind. Yeah. Kind of actually adds way more layers to Missaria than I even thought in the beginning. She might get brutally murdered. If Damon finds out about any of this, that could be where her storyline goes. Or, I mean, Damon wanted that to get back. So, like, I don't this specific thing. Mm-hmm, it true. works for Damon. It works for Missaria. No, well, it didn't work out for Otto. Yeah, now like, not plan. But it until that it was all Gucci. It was like a three way, like everyone wins type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Allison in that scene, actually, she is there. Because Viserys was hitting that last night. So she was around for the next morning. So she overhears this. And she then immediately calls on Rhaenyra to meet her in the Godswood. Funny enough, unbeknownst to her, obviously, she tasks Kristen Cole with delivering the message, like Kathleen had mentioned earlier. (laughs) And he just kind of slides in, is like, hey, the queen wants you. (laughs) So he's obviously not feeling great. Such an interesting scene with Rhaenyra 
defending herself because I couldn't tell if she was like truly feeling guilty that she did it. So she was immediately on the defense being like, I swear on my mom, I did it like whatever, but because she actually didn't. So it was like, was she getting upset that she actually didn't bang him? And people thought she did, even though she banged Kristen. <laughs> so like either way, her maidenness is gone. Right. I was like really confused by Rhaenyra's like motivation, but was buying her absolute like, I swear to fucking God, I didn't. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I'm riding for you, girl. I, I love her. I love her so much. When you're saying you were buying it, like you really you didn't think that she was like a bad liar, because to me, I, I thought her body language, the way she was saying, oh, she was calling her sister again, like all of this to me screamed guilty as fuck. I was buying that no matter even if she didn't seem legit, that she did not crack, even if she's not the best liar in the world. She was mm-hmm. like, no, I, I didn't mm-hmm. prove it. Play roll back the tape. I did not yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> multiple witnesses were like, we saw you sneaking around. We saw you coming out of the brothel. We saw him making out with you. Mm-hmm. Too long, well, not long blonde hair anymore, but like we saw, and she was like, No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have because it never happened. <laughs> and yeah, who told you that? They're lying. Once she confirmed that she was there out with Damon, she should have just completely rolled with the I blacked out excuse because she said I was at all these taverns. We were drinking and we were drinking and we were drinking. And instead, she does the whole I Sedai thing where she's telling partial truths, but she's kind of omitting a lot of things there. And that's fine. But like, I would have just rolled with I got wasted. I have like, no. No, I kind of liked that she was like, what, that we drank wine that I snuck out? Like, I liked that she was like, what, because of that, you're all mad? Like, mm-hmm. I thought yeah. she sold that a little a little well. I don't know. I was just like, I love Rhaenyra. I agree. Luke up until this point in this episode that I was like, it was her worst episode. So this this and the next scenes was like, OK, she's my girl again. That's fine. Fair. I respect yeah. that opinion. Yeah. Uh, I just like that. It's a little bit like father, like daughter here where Rhaenyra kind of does the same thing of she immediately attacks the anonymity of the source. And it's like, who said that? Like, who said that? Like, oh, it's just for rumors and hearsay. You're going to bring this thing of a charge because of rumors and hearsay where like she knows that it's partly true. And honestly, I mean, we see Viserys's reaction to Damon. like Viserys in that scene with Otto, like knew that there was some truth to it, mm-hmm. but obviously wasn't going to admit that to Otto to his face. Cause afterwards he's like pissed and he's like, fuck, they totally did some shit. Also, one final thing, I like how Allison kind of acts like a queen, a little bit of a mom to Rhaenyra here, where she's like, how could you put yourself in this position? Like, that, yeah. that people could even question you, like, this was so stupid and all this shit. And Rhaenyra's like, yes, mom. Rhaenyra's like, treason! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. To question my virtue, that that must be quite the card to be able to play in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. And she's crying about how she has no power, whatever. <laughs> All right, so we get the flip side of this is Damon now being questioned. So Damon <laughs> limps into the Red Keep under his own power and is immediately seized and dragged into the throne room. We've mentioned it before, but I just love when they give us shots of the empty throne room. And we get to see all of the swords and shit on the ground. It just always looks so badass. And Viserys just lays into Damon completely. Looking amazing in the all blacked out, just king uniform I, I don't know this is to me i don't know if it was like the lighting and the clash between his hair and what he was wearing but he t- i thought he looked the most kingly in this scene maybe without the sword but you know. yeah if he rolled in with like black fire on his shoulder and was like sup brother yeah 
That would have been a little Damon must have been drinking the worst of the worst wine of the realm because he was dead as fuck. Like this man could barely breathe. He was so hungover. He was yeah. hurting big time. Yeah. But he was like Alki after the wedding. <laughs> was Alki dead? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, he I was love cooked. That. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I mean, I again. Damon is a is an A plus liar. He's like, I have to understand the charge before I start to like refute it. Like, here, let's hear it. What what do you got on me? Yeah. Uh, and he lies. He's great. He totally Why? lies. Why? He, For which he, part? he says they fucked. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah he doesn't I mean, say they fucked. He's just like, he's like, so what? Better me than some other guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't plant flat out say it but i this whole thing especially this last like 20 minutes is such a boys versus girls damon's like me and you were fucking our way through the brothels our whole childhood basically and he's like she's a girl what do you want from me she can't be sullied what man will want her this way yeah damon's like all right bro give her to me dude (laughs) she is i got your solution right here bro (laughs) yeah Yeah, i was like yeah, I, he's such a conniving I did guy. not think it was going to go this way in 100 years. He didn't try and deny it once. And then he leaned so far into it to the point where he said, let me marry her. Like I, so much was happening. I just was processing the first time I was watching. And I just did not think the conversation was going to go this way. And it, and it ends with him getting banished for the second or third time, whatever. Yeah. Well, he continues to push his luck again. Strike three is that he's like, well, just after wed him, after he says wed her to me, he's like, we'll restore the house. And there's just like, oh, there it is, you little rat. You want to be on the Iron Throne? It was like, he was just absolutely, I mean, I guess he was, was he doing that on purpose? Was he actually striking out? Was he so hungover? I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah. All part of the plan. I mean, from like a unbiased observer, it looked like it was terrible for Damon. Like every, he was saying everything wrong, mm-hmm. but maybe he was saying everything right. I I'm starting to think he was. I'm starting to think everything <laughs> that has happened so far, especially in this episode, is part of the plan. Like, yeah, I guess there's we'll no see. way he could have expected King Viserys to just say yes, you're going to marry Rhaenyra in that state after that tone that he was giving him. So it's either Damon's truly an idiot at that point, and he might be because he was hungover. Or this is all like Allison says in the next scene to to kind of unseat him and unsettle Viserys and find yep. a way to kind of connect the two most recent heirs to the throne and solidify that and then make Aegon not even like an option at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's a good that's pretty much a perfect segue. I mean, this thing, I just like how I mean, although Rhaenyra has led her astray, Allison's like, nah, I believe Rhaenyra like she absolutely rides for her. Yeah, love it. That's but. the best. Falsely so, falsely so. Viserys is like, listen, like it's Rhaenyra and Damon, like there's some truth to it. Like they're motherfuckers and yeah. they just live, they live to absolutely ruin my life. So <laughs> there's no way that there's not some truth to this. I got, yeah, I loved that too. They got the, they got the blood of dragons in them. They're fucking yep. deceitful. They are, they are one fuckers. of the same. So now we get the worst the part second, of the episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> So the second to last scene is the actual confrontation now between Viserys and Rhaenyra. And before we can actually talk about all of the actual things that happen, I just like how cheekily enough, who else is guarding the door at this time and opens it to her, but mm-hmm. Sir Kristen Cole. So <laughs> Sir Kristen Cole is just constantly reminded of, uh, of the mistake that he made. Yep. But actually, what why I was is this the worst? To- 
because of this, this, the first part of this conversation is about the dagger again and the prophecy about Jon Snow and the song of ice and fire and just suck my fucking dick, get off my fucking screen. Moving on. (laughs) I do love that dagger though. It's what it, what I don't even have anything else to say about this because we beat it to death in the first couple episodes, but why are they going to keep leaning into this? Because nothing can come of it, right? Like is Rhaenyra going to make decisions about the future based on this prophecy? I guess that's the only way that this could have any sort of payoff in House of the Dragon. But other than that, it's just bad decisions by the showrunners, in my opinion. I just I think they're trying to give them more noble like reasonings and aspirations for what's to come. I guess, you know, beyond just being like, I want to be the queen, like giving them something more to fight for. I mean, Cersei literally says in this scene, like, like when I named you heir, like it was like, or whatever he ends up saying, like, it's more than the chair. It's more than being King. Like it's, there's more to this. Like you need to realize that, that being the heir isn't just sitting on the chair. Like there's a huge responsibility that you have here and you're mm-hmm. clearly not treating it that way. I just, I think that's what they're getting at, but I'm with you. I mean, every time they bring it up, it does a small part of me cringes away. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, I mean, it is what it is, I guess you can say. But I liked the scene. I mean, she's like, don't you want my truth? And he's like, truth doesn't matter. It's perception, girl. Like you're a woman, people think you're sullied now. So what am I supposed to fucking do with you? You're gonna marry Lenore and you're gonna suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> this is like one of the first times I was like, go off, Viserys. Good. This is like you being laying down the law, being a good king, telling her what's up. She's what does she say when he's like, You are my political headache. You mm-hmm. not, yeah. not anything else. Not you marrying Lenore is not solving the political headache. You are my political headache. Not Damon, not Otto, you. You. <laughs> you. <laughs> The Leonor, Leonor thing is sounds like another absolute win all around, right? Like we yeah, get love it. We get Corliss back under under the, the Iron Throne goals. He's happy again, the second most powerful or third, if you're gonna count the hand of the king, third most powerful man in the kingdom is is happy again. It seems like a good match because he's a beast. And Leonor likes Damon, which means that Rhaenyra should like that should be like a good camaraderie. I mean, I guess after this episode, less of a good camaraderie thing, but like you know, Leonor's a friend of the family. It doesn't seem like he's going to be like a bad husband or anything like that. He has a dragon. And then Viserys says the one line, which I think is awesome. He says, if you get married to Leonor, the house of the dragon will stand as one for further generation. And that's just like such a cool like line, because that truly could be the legacy of King Viserys. If it goes right, is the Targaryens are going to be ruling for another hundred years as long as you just do this, because we'll have most powerful navy vassal in the in the world will have all of our dragons everything will be good so i was thinking okay done we, we should have got here at the end of episode two but now we're here let's let's just do it and be happy yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> verdera really walks into this conversation with absolutely no leverage mm-hmm. i mean her dad knows that her and damon hooked up she has she's thrown away all of the suitors that he kind of sent to her to try to pick from so the fact that she walks out of here with a decent marriage and then at the end of the scene convinces her dad to like stir up some shit with Otto is what a win for her. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, I, it feels like she kind of gave him an ultimatum. It, that's what I, my notes wrote. She gave him a crazy ultimatum because yeah. like, like you just said, she has no leverage. He doesn't have to listen to her at all. And everything that happens in this next scene, which me and Kathleen, I can already tell her just can completely disagree about. Everything that happens in this next scene with Otto all stems from her just fucking lying. 
Like it's just a complete lie. And she gets auto fired, which is now no. going to piss him. Yeah. Because what did Otto ever really try and do that actually tried to discredit like Rhaenyra from being the heir and making egg on the air? Cause he hasn't done anything yet. Has he, he? He did have her stalked as she said, like spied on. She fell into the trap of doing something wrong. If she didn't do anything wrong, it wouldn't have amounted to anything. But uh, obviously, she was being spied on. Something came out of it. Whatever, you know what I mean. Like, but I, like what but, she did in King Viserys's eyes was truly wrong. So it's not like he's making up something to get Aegon to be the heir. I'm just, I just don't get how he's going to be forced to get rid of one of the most successful hands of the kings of the last like century so, because of a fake lie. I think it's it's more that this was more of a moment where kind of the fog and the rose-covered glasses came off, where Viserys says to him, like, it took me a while to, like, realize. Yeah. Like, the the deceit or whatever, or the ambition or the the cunning or whatever, again, is that the, the word he uses to describe it. But, I mean... He does kind of say to her, like, and to be fair to Viserys, the line that he says to him is that, like, I can no longer trust your judgment. And he's completely right in saying that because from, I mean, granted, I I get what you're saying in that he is getting to this point with a lie. But, like, the thing with Allison, he's dead on about. Like, that happened. Otto denies it, but that actually happened. And that is what is creating now this distrust that once Viserys realizes that he did that, now he's kind of giving it more credence and thought and like, okay, maybe he does is kind of scheming for himself while we, the audience know that he is in a way he might not have technically been with the Rhaenyra yeah. thing, but we know that he is scheming in the background for right. the trajectory of Otto's storyline before this scene was always going to be the same thing where he is going to eventually become to the point where he's doing something that is worth killing him over, where he's going to try and do something to Rhaenyra to promote Aegon. But I'm just saying from a surface level, just like complete objective point of view, he has done nothing wrong that I wouldn't want my hand to really do. Okay, he sent his daughter to talk to the king. The king is the one that made the decision to like marry her and and disregard Corliss. And also she's not, it's not like Allison's a bad wife or like there's more scheming going on there i just don't think otto shouldn't have been fired over this that's just- I, I think it's it's really he also says your interests are no longer no longer aligned with the realm your judgment has been compromised i think he's now getting into this whole like conflict of interest thing he's now realizing like holy shit i married the daughter of my own hand and this guy i know he has ambition and so it's like it, i just think for him he's waking up to the mistake that he made in marrying Allison. I think he does still love Allison. I just think now he realizes like, holy fuck, like I was definitely manipulated into doing this by him. At which That's then, exactly it. yeah, when he thinks that he is now putting all of the other decisions that he might've made because of Otto into a worse light, because he's like, oh, well, what were kind of his whole interest in that in the first place? And the story he tells about his dad dying and then five days later, he became the hand. He's always been a super ambitious dude, right? Like he got himself that. And then ever since then, like, I think Viserys respects him. He taught him how to be king and everything. But I I think there's enough evidence there for Viserys. I stand by Viserys doing that. Like, again, 
fog lifting is the perfect way of saying it, Kai. I think that yeah. it, it's it's like one of those like you have a montage scene, slow mo montage scene of all the things, and you're like, fuck. See, yeah. I, also, I mean, if you've ever seen the last duel, how like they tell the story from three different perspectives. Now I think Viserys now has this new piece of info, and he's looking back at all the things that have happened, and he's like, oh shit, okay, that's interesting detail I didn't think about in that way, but now I'm thinking of it that way. So I guess my biggest complaint boils down to that I agree that. Like, this is how it should have happened. But I think, like, they needed to include another scene of him doing something obviously and purposefully undermining the king. Because at this point, like, even still, if we take all emotions out of this, we take all characters, all knowledge of the world out of this. Yeah. And we were just to remove Otto as the king. And you were to say, of the people that we've seen, who would you want to be hand of the king? I would say Otto. Like, I still, I still, Fair. to the. I, and I guess nah, just, fuck like, that. He, Lionel, he Lionel strong, baby. He, yeah. he did offer up Goat. the idea of having Rhaenyra marry Aegon. And that's yeah. the most, if that's the most heinous thing he's done, Viserys even said it earlier this season. Like everybody around me has their own self-interest. Everybody's ambitious. Like whoever the fuck you're going to put in as the hand of the king next, like is going to have something. But I don't think God has done anything like truly evil and reprehensible to the point where bye uh, but okay I, yeah i mean well, it, it, I, I need it, another I think, episode and what he's gonna yeah. do next episode is gonna truly probably paint him out to be evil and then it'll make a lot more sense especially on a binge but right now through four episodes Otto is not even close to the little finger roll that i thought he was gonna take because he hasn't been evil he's way more just like well, i think that's the point i mean the, the point of this scene as well is that i think you're supposed to empathize with Otto, and yeah. i totally do yeah, I mean, pretty much almost everyone except potentially Damon, you could say, like, there's a point of view where you could step into and be like, okay, like, they're almost like the good guy, you could say. Like, everyone almost feels like they have a reason to act the way they do. And I just, I think that's 100% on purpose. Okay. So when you say it like that, that makes me even feel better about, like, the general, if you were to say that the general consensus is that you are supposed to feel bad for Otto, I'm way more fine with it. Yeah. I just didn't want this to be painted as like fuck yeah like Rhaenyra got the evil guy out of this no. out of the system because that that was the biggest issue I had with all yeah. this was well, this was not like a a good thing. No, yeah. well, I mean, yeah. I feel like they've spent the past three episodes kind of making it be like Rhaenyra's side is the good side a little bit, mm -hmm. where like she feels like the main character that we empathize with the yeah. most. And now in this episode, it's been completely flipped around where now we have Rhaenyra lying to everyone and trying to scheme her way out of this predicament she's put her in. And Otto is now telling the truth mm -hmm. and is really not doing this out of ambition, even though we've seen him in multiple scenes try to position his family in a way to get on the throne. And he's really doing this because he thinks it's the right thing to do. And he, this is the thing that he gets fucked for. Okay, there you go. I agree with everything you just said. Then, yeah, I mean, the acting at the end is amazing. Where he's like, the look on his face, he's like really upset that I that was just happened. Genuinely upset, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, which is good. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's. I was pumped. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah obviously, see? I did, obviously I didn't write it, but I think that's the way it was supposed to be. Yeah, I um, I mean, I have like, who's the next hand of the king? And I have like Lionel Strong, Master of Law, of course, like. I think that last episode when they're at the like hunt and all these people are bugging the fuck out of Viserys and all this shit is happening to Viserys right now in these couple years, like the uh, the the amount of events that have happened since Queen Emma died, it's like everything's kind of shitty. So like when Lionel Strong was the only one who was like suggested something that could actually help the realm and help everybody, I think like all in all, when he's thinking through firing Otto, he's probably like, 
I got to get someone who's actually here to like tell me something good to do because I keep fucking up. <laughs> so, so, you know, yeah. like do he's not doing him? great. Like, do you yeah, think it would be him? Kyle, I mean, I can't ask Kyle. I don't know. I, I will not say. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a good choice. I don't know who else it would be unless he's like coreless because he's trying I, to like that was my next even more. Yeah, that was who I was going to say next. But you don't need to do that anymore if you're going to marry Rhaenyra to his son. Uh, but yeah, I but guess he's not the master of ships anymore. So he is he is open for a job. Maybe a new Targaryen. I feel like we were owed a couple more Targaryens here. Maybe bring in a yeah, cousin. Maybe. 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 Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And then uh, the he's going to be self-interested. The last thing I will say is that I saw a really interesting comment on the internet about this scene and the level of symbolism and that. So we've seen Viserys is kind of rotting away his body, which started with kind of his hand and that thing on his back. But I mean, his hand is what looks the worst. And people are thinking of what now will happen, that he's kind of cut off his hand of the king, this corruption in mm. his hand of the king, and whether that will have an impact on him in the future. Oh, okay. Which I just thought that was an interesting um, kind of way to relate those two things. And, and then, finally, yeah. we just very quick, I mean, <laughs> Master Melos, yeah, <laughs> comes with the moon tea for Rhaenyra, which is Westerosi plan B. And uh, I just, again, an interesting comment on the internet of will she drink it or will she have a baby Kristen Cole? She can't because the baby she would have with Lanor will not look like the baby she will have with Sir Kristen Cole. I mean, you can't pull this like fucking Cersei shit where you're having bleach blonde babies and yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, it's a Baratheon. Yeah, it's going to pop out a Dornishman. I, yeah. uh, I think it's, she's going to off screen take it and it's just assumed because I don't even think she wants the baby, even if it was yeah. Kristen Cole's. Yeah, I don't think that's in anybody's best interest. So I think that'll just off screen happen. Uh but so are, are we just open talking about the episode now? Because that's nothing really. Yeah, happened, that's, right? that's pretty much one more thing. Okay. I will say, Maester, drop drop the recipe in this day and age. We need all the like recipes for Plan B. <laughs> we can get, so Fair enough. Yeah. I'm sure that concoction fucks you up for like a week. <laughs> it takes yeah. out some of your fucking organs yeah, while that, you're that's doing it. Not something yeah. you want to drink. <laughs> there's I'm there's like a legit theory that so Lisa Aaron who is like Littlefinger's wife, who he pushes through the moon door. Mm-hmm. Like she banged Littlefinger when they were like really young and she, they made her take moon tea cause she got pregnant from it. And there's like the theory that all of her kids suck and she was having stillborns because like it fucked her up so much. Wow. Like she can't really have kids. So Does Robert, Robin was just- Robert Aaron have any other kids or was he a noble dude that only had kids with Aaron? That is such a good or question. <laughs> I want to say that he had, he definitely had a son, I think that ended up dying and like maybe like the rebellion or something but not like affected by the moon tea because it would have been no no not yet not from lisa also i mean that theory is one thing but also i mean he was like fucking 50 years old like i don't know how good your swimmers are at that at at that age (laughs) but one thing okay so now that the we're done with the episode my hot take i kind of already just went through was what i was getting heated there about at the end was that i don't think Otto hightower should have been fired yet until i saw more something more specifically heinous um, but I think we all did one right throughout the episode. Kyle's was the Kristen Cole was and Rhaenyra thing was consensual. <laughs> Maybe not consensual completely, but I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> and mine was that. That's I don't probably think, worse, but <laughs> mine was that it it didn't feel very like um, ca- established. Um, 
a cohesive like I don't know something that I, I just didn't I didn't buy that she would have been that into Damon off the even the slightest hesitation at first would have made me go okay cool <laughs> you know what I mean like even the first little like give a look and then kiss type of thing yeah but. uncle it was so consensual right away she was like fuck yeah we got a penis in this one we didn't even talk yeah, about it love that I was yes, just hanging did. on the leg and then Pretty we good. also got the rope, they penis in, the rope penis in the play true yeah. yeah. But let's yeah. do episode ranks here, like where this ranks relative to the other episodes, and then we can get out of here because uh, I feel like we're coming up on a little bit longer. Here. I don't know. I feel like this is getting harder and harder because I'm, fr- I'm they're mushing together. And oh man, I've been dreading this. I just don't know, especially the past two episodes of where I didn't love it on my first watch and like it way more on my second watch. I just don't know where to actually rank them. I'll start them because I'm still sticking with two is the best until that scene gets dethroned at Dragonstone. Two is like the one I walked away. Just the most happiest from two. Then I have three and then I have four and one tied for, for last. Like I still, I think on the rewatch, I realized that there was just too much dead air time between the two sex scenes. And like, that was like 15 to 20 minutes of just not really advancing the plot. Like we got it. We didn't need all of the armor taking off and I get it. Like it's, you got it, ah, bro. Sh- we needed it. It was hot. Sure. It was Kyle's <laughs> favorite scene of the entire show. But like, <laughs> I don't know that. I guess that holds it back. But again, I still loved the episode. And I think all four have been a, a check. Yep. We hit it. So uh, but nothing's dethroned to yet. I don't have a ranking, but this isn't in my top. Um, but uh, f- four great episodes, like absolutely loving watching it. Not there's nothing wrong with this episode where I liked it less. It just didn't. It wasn't a top episode. One and two are still my Actually, well, I think this is one, two, and three are like top, top, top tier. This one is like an inch lower for me. Okay, probably. so it's actually your lowest. Yeah, it's my lowest for okay. sure. Oh man, I have a, I'm I think I might go four, one, two, three. Damn, really? We're Wait, four's your favorite? I don't. I just like looking back at my notes and all of like the actual like from my perspective of like book tie-ins and the way that they did things and the threads that these actions are going to end up creating later. Just, I, yeah, I, I think this is my favorite one. I can't believe I just said that out loud, but I think that that's the truth. Yeah, Damn. Crazy. Not even, not even top. The two best scenes of the show, I think so far are the dragon scene and then the crab feeder kill with Damon at the end. And you have those as the bottom two episodes. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. All right, let's do top and bottom. Let's do tops and bottoms because um, <laughs> when you mean tops and bottoms, do you mean like characters? characters yeah. Okay. I mean, you already gave us your top of Allison. So do you want to give us your bottom? Yeah, my top is Allison and my bottom is Otto because fuck that guy. Wow. Okay. I definitely thought you were going to say Damon. Nah, Damon's like always like that, so it's fine. He's such <laughs> okay. a good character to watch, yeah. even when he's being absolutely fucking stupid. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna say Otto is my top because he'll never have an opportunity to be the best character again. <laughs> this is my That's last chance. True. No, I think he's go. I think he's going to be on a straight fucking highway to hell right now like he's about to start going on a rampage and this was the only time in this entire series where i like felt emotionally sad like i was sad watching him get fired but i didn't really have a bottom i feel like every no one was no one stood out as a bad character this episode so i'll leave it at that uh so my top will be the best top from the episode Kristen cole the goat the legend hey now 
And my bottom will be probably the best bottom of the episode. I'm going to say Rhaenyra. Oh, just, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the answer. Change she was going to be my bottom, too, but I was too sad to do that to my Yeah, not the, not the best showing from her. I mean, it's, I think it's great for her character in terms of the show and the yeah. narrative. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really like... It's just generally just her stuff made me feel uncomfortable besides the Kristen Cole thing. Yeah, and great. it's already confirmed that this is next episode will be um, Rhaenyra and Allison's young actress's last appearance. Oh, Sucks. Shit. I forgot. Yeah. So we only got one more shot with these guys, but then there's already rumors that they might be recast or not recast. They might appear in season two in flashbacks. Flashbacks. I don't know Makes how sense. legit the rumors are, but they were Makes so sense. good and loved that. That's awesome. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, that sounds fun. I would like that. All right. So that is all she wrote for our coverage of episode four, King of the Narrow Sea. Uh, Lots of crazy shit happened in this episode that will just, the ripple effects of this episode are probably going to be felt almost until the end of the entire show. So it'll be interesting to follow all of them throughout the years. Oh, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. We shall see what happens. Um, I just, yeah, I can't believe it ends up being my favorite episode of the season so far. Uh, If you like what you heard, please subscribe if you are not already on whatever podcast source app, whatever you're listening on YouTube. If you're watching and you've made it this far, fuck yeah, please subscribe. If you've done that, it'll be worth your time. Um, We have a website, bingetowntv.com. All of our socials are at bingetowntv, patreon.com slash bingetowntv. And this I don't know. I guess House of the Dragon is really the only thing we're doing right now, but we have like an insane catalog. Rick of stuff. and Morty I mean, is coming out. Okay. We're coming up on like 300 episodes, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Also, and Jimmy, if you're listening and you're you're listening to us uh, doing the ending of this episode, congratulations, Big Jim. I hope you are enjoying Italy. We love you. Bye. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 